It's 11.27, the day after Thanksgiving, and I'm coming to you today, back-to-back, with two more things. I've got a warning, and this is based on my own personal uh, inner dialogue, inner conflict. It's a warning, and then it's followed up by an article from Reddit called Holiday Anxiety. I just glanced at it. We're going to read it together. We're going to we're going to guess about what this author, the writer, means. We're going to talk about it. Welcome back to the fastest growing mental health podcast in the nation, Anxiety Help with Wes. Okay, here we go. So here's my warning. My warning is against all or nothing. This is one of the cognitive distortions, the black or white, the all or nothing thinking. And in any situation, we can tip the scales. I'm going all. I'm going nothing. Through yesterday's podcast, I posted in the the notes the problem solving. And I'm going to ask myself, for example, if I'm playing a certain game, if I'm interacting with a family member, if there's something that isn't working, do I have to fully, for example, let's talk about those of uh, of us who are not going to, who have drawn a line with family, drawn a boundary, there is no Thanksgiving dinner. There is no contact at all. And I'm going to ask, maybe that boundary is in place for great reasons and you feel good about it and your life is way better. I'm going to say, is this the all or nothing fallacy coming in play? This is black and white thinking. Is there any do I have to be 100% out or 100% in? Is there a middle path? By using that seven-step problem solving, by going to a community of friends, by challenging myself, what's my responsibility here? Maybe I can find that silver lining. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I have been doing this myself in the last few days. And so what happened is, without giving getting personal and giving too much away is uh, I engaged on a disagreement in a certain way. And I noticed that uh, I went all in. And one of my strategies was to attempt to injure. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, this negatively affected my mental health. So I went, okay, that doesn't work for me. I'm not this big combative guy who wants to get personal. Okay. Does that mean I don't get to engage at all? That's the second place. So the first place I went to is forget you. Uh, you're nothing to me. Never speak to me again as long as we live. And the second place I wanted to, second uh, overwhelming sensation or feeling was to apologize, fix it, move on, never bring it up again. I, I had those two extremes, and I found that in my life neither worked. Then I noticed a tendency to want to fix it immediately. I either double down or I fix it right now. You know what? I did none of the above. I noticed. Okay, I'm noticing the feeling to double down and to even to 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 engage even further right now to get more personal. I'm noticing the opposite. I'm noticing the need to fix it immediately, and I did none of the above. And so what I did was, in a nuanced manner examined each area. Okay, this doesn't work, but this does. I I am fair to be upset here. And if maybe not in person, perhaps text. 
text might be a little bit better for me. So I guess I'm saying as a warning, all or nothing, watch out for that. That's something that greatly affects me. It used to rule my life and it created havoc. Now it does not. You know, another example, I remember I'm in Los Angeles, we're playing basketball, and I get triggered by a guy who's chewing me out, and I wanted to go all in to fight. Okay, what what am I doing? I'm a grown man trying to fight a, a, a surgeon, happened to be a surgeon, and for what? What do I get out of this? Okay, um, so when I go back and look at this, I have reason to be angry, but fighting or being the people pleaser and submitting, neither of those ultimately work for me. I would tend to go one of those two ways. I don't know if you relate to that at all. All I'm saying is I hope it's helpful. We don't have to be a slave to our thoughts and our patterns and our tendencies. Can I look at this? Can I notice Notice, can I be patient and can I break each element down and find that middle ground? What I've seen is some pe- a lot of people who draw that boundary with family. I'm never speaking to you again. It, a lot of times, works against us. Okay, I'm not telling you to change what you're doing. I'm just saying consider, is this, it, is this all or nothing? And is, is it worth reexamining? That's all I'm saying. Holiday anxiety on Reddit. Let's read this. Let's see what we got. Is this the one? Yes. Okay. This is posted by Cutthroat Kua, K-U-I. This was two years ago. I just glanced at it. Here we go. I know this is probably far from the first time this has been asked, but I still feel compelled to ask it in hopes that others who have been through it already can impart their wisdom. Good question. I packed up and left my toxic family situation about 1,000 miles away back in August, and I'm here to go to grad school and to heal from them. My boyfriend still lives in a state, in that state, and my mother is planning on returning to that area for the holidays and is hoping to see me. I want to go see my boyfriend, my brother, and my grandmother, who is in hospice care there, I don't feel comfortable with staying at my parents' house. And I, I'm sorry, I just got taken away from my thought by banking in the background. I don't feel comfortable with staying at my parents' house and won't, but I feel I'm going to be there that I'll inevitably have to visit. Okay, let's regroup. Let's think here. Okay, you're a thousand miles away. You're going to school you're trying to heal from uh, some sort of toxic family situation. You're going to be back in the area for the holidays. You feel this pressure from mom to see them. You got a grandma sick. Okay, so how, how are you going to do it? And you don't feel comfortable staying at your parents' house. But you're going to have to visit. Uh, you know, immediately, I jumped to the, the message I just offered. The, the, self, the message to myself I offered a moment ago, which is, okay, do I want to completely not see my family? That may hurt me as well. But you're also now asking, should I stay with him? My mind, absolutely not. Spend that money on that hotel, draw that boundary, go see them for the holidays, assuming that 
you know, you haven't been violated to the extent that merits no further contact ever. And there are those cases. Yeah. What's up? Let's keep going. My mom, hold on. Oh, I love morning coffee. My mom is angry with me and speaks to me very disrespectful. I won't get into it. I think we all know how it goes. The wild accusations, the tantrums, the condescending laughter, etc. I'm going to pause to the person writing this. If you're like me, I had to, I don't know that that's reality. Is that true? Is it actually true? Is how you perceive this the case? I know for myself, there's a lot of uh, truths in my mind that don't match to reality. There were, and that was part of the problem. So I'm not sure, but perhaps if perhaps if you go through a process and can know that this is true, you have validation from unbiased third parties. You have you've done the work. Yes, you are being acute. Uh, there are tantrums and accusations, and there is the condescending laughter. Oh, by the way, I have that one a lot. I hear this from students. It freaks kids out. When a teacher who is angry smiles at them like their face doesn't match the internal feeling, I'm thinking of a person smile. Why would you come in late today? Okay, so you're going to have to stay in for recess because what you did was bad. And kids are like, your face doesn't match. Like, are you angry? What? This is weird. Are you condescending? Are you happy about me being in trouble? Condescending laughter. A lot of times it's a crutch, you know, I can laugh if I'm uncomfortable, but we need to know how we land on people. When we've spoken on the phone since I've left, she stopped talking to me recently, and that's actually been a welcomed relief because she thinks I don't care enough about her and the family and people in her life. So you got a mom here saying, you don't care about us, you don't care about, you're, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. Both of my parents, but her in more particular, more particularly, expect me to anticipate and conform to what she, they want from me in order to make them feel good. So you're saying narcissist. They want, I'm, they want me to do what they want, and it has nothing to do with me. It's all about them. Okay. Even and often especially specifically at the cost of my own happiness and basic human needs. This is the case. My lack of compliance, my anger, or even lack of getting worked up and remaining steady and trying to work out the conflict is seen as disrespectful, rebellion, immaturity, selfishness, cold-hearted, and a lack of caring. I'm curious about specifics. You know, if you give me a specific example I can get a, a, a better sense of what's going on. Is she calling you these names? You're so selfish. I hear that from parents. I, I hear some really, really cruel things and working with students. You're going to be just like your mom. And in this situation, I happen to know that that mom's a drug addict and is delusional. And for a dad to look at his daughter with vitriol and say, you're going to turn out just like her, that is neglect, emotional neglect, that is uh, abuse, verbal abuse. Okay, 
my boundaries and integrity are always threatened. When I have made any attempt to please and make a connection over the phone, I'm immediately put through passive-aggressive hoops to jump. I'm, quote, tested. For example, okay, we've got an example. Here we go. For example, she sent me a text asking me to talk to my grandmother because she was worried about me. I was at our doctor's appointment and missed the message until an hour or two later after she already left the hospice center where she lives. I informed her that I would call the next day at the same time she had texted me to talk to my grandmother, knowing that that is the, her usual time that she goes there. She made it a point not to be there at the hospice center at the same time that she was and it usually is and told me that I didn't communicate with her about it. I decided not to take the bait on that and drop the conversation. So, after my attempts are met with more toxic bullshit, I cease to continue. I won't enable and engage in that maddening, unhealthy crap. And of course, I'm angry. Yeah, I'm angry. I'm not motivated to pursue more of a relationship. So, on the surface, you know, to, to recap your story, it may someone on the outside looking in say that's not such a big deal but if you're in it and you deal with what seems to be uh in you know a purpose action in order to harm or control it that hurts that's a lot so let's look at this with with grandma mom texts you she says grandma's worried about you she needs to talk to you do i understand that correct because she was worried about me she sent me a text asking me to talk to my grandmother. So is, is mom worried? Is grandma worried? Mom says, hey, I'm worried about you, daughter. So I need you to talk to grandma. If you won't talk to me, talk to grandma. Or maybe grandma's worried. They've been talking. That already says there's something not good going on with you. You get back a little bit later and say, I'm available tomorrow. Um. And I understand that you go to the hospice center in person to talk to grandma, but mom particularly does not show up. <sighs> okay, if it's me and I find myself fixated on this, I can ask. You know, that's my tool. Hey, did you not show up as a way to just show your disdain for me? Because you always go there at that time. I went to the hospice center at that time to see you to see grandma and perhaps speak with you, I might ask, is that the battle I want to really fight? You know, she said grandma was worried about me. I went to talk to grandma. Mom gets to do what she wants. Can I have another excuse? Is she always there at that time or usually? I, I just know for me I have to question myself on these things. Okay. Goes on, I feel uncomfortable and anxious about being around them. I get in a lot of dangerous accidents due to disassociation and being in a very low state whenever I'm around them. And I am generally worried that I'll end up in another accident. Disassociation, you're disconnected. You're having panic symptoms or one of those that is comorbid is linked to panic, the disassociative, the DPDR. That's how we got started around here. What, what I would say is 
if you find that a thousand miles away and you're not around them at all, that these symptoms continue, this anger continues, that now it is you you have to look at more than them. You've got to. And this comes from a guy who has had a lot of anger toward parents in a lot of ways. Uh, and, And some justifiable reasons to be. If you do find out that, hey, when I'm not around them and I'm not around this toxic environment, that I'm better, then, yeah, I, I would understand drawing more boundaries in place. The thing for me is, I, I ask the author here, can I let go of my need for them to, to be a certain way? You know, hey... My, my my family is, and maybe the self-talk around this is, hey, my family is, uh, they're sick on some level. Please remove my anger toward them. And I'm talking to me. Please remove my, my need to hate them. Please remove my need to find an injustice like that they do so I can be angry about it. I have to get myself back at equilibrium. I know that if I'm angry, I'm losing the mental health battle. If I'm if I'm ruminating on a situation, it's now on me. I'm losing. Uh, I'm 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 now worshiping the situation. <clears throat> perhaps perhaps it now has a place in my mind that needs to be lowered. And when you're dealing with family and years and years and years of possible trauma. Um, it's a lot. It's hard. We need help. Let's keep going. She finishes up. I'm worried about the actual conflicts that will occur. And finally, of course, I'm also worried what would happen if I did even attempt to see them. Navigating familial relations and social expectations at this stage is so confusing and distressing. How do I deal with effective boundaries and stay strong? Here's something too, you know, if if you need to not see them for your own health, if that's the true reason, that's okay. Hey, listen, mom, I'm dealing with a lot. You know how, how I feel. You know, we've had a lot of conflict. I'm not in a place right now to see you guys, and I'm so sorry. But but I got to figure out some stuff first. I got to find appropriate boundaries, and I hope to re-engage with you on the next one. Or later, but but right now it's too much for me. And do not expect her to understand. Because if she's a narcissist, and she very well may be, how could she understand? She's not worried about you. She's worried about her. However, if the thought is, you are a bad mom, and I want to punish you. There's a part of me that wants to punish you by saying, you now no longer have the benefit of seeing me at the holidays. That would what I would I would list as a bad reason and an indicator that your internal torment will continue even away from them. It's like, what are my reasons? I do hear some real self-protection going on, but those are the questions if you and I were talking that I would ask you. And good kudos to you for asking for help. Let's read what a couple of these comments say. Let's see if we got some good feedback. 
Okay. Do we have comments? View the entire discussion. Okay. Auto moderator says. Okay. Don't know what that means. Okay. Next person. Polka dot unicornium. Hang on. Okay. <clears throat> Let me teach you something that took me decades to understand. These are your relatives. You are bound to them through blood and marriage. They may or may not like you and vice versa. When you get away from them, you realize how much better your life is without all that venom and toxicity being directed at you. Your family is a group of people to whom you may or may not be related by birth or marriage. They are a fluctuating group. Some stay forever. Others are more temporary. If they turn toxic, they get kicked to the curb. You deserve happiness and support and the building of trust with other human beings. Stand tall. Stand strong against your relatives. Find family members and love them and let them help you heal. I send you gentle hugs. Love that. You hear, you know, sometimes in 12-step, I heard the term, I was introduced, family of origin. It's a little bit of separation. I stayed with some friends recently in Los Angeles, and they mentioned, hey, we consider you family, you know, and here's our definition of family. What this polka dot unicornium is saying, consider your mom and, and dad relatives. What if this was not your biological mom and this was just a lady? How would you react? Good stuff. Who's my family? Who's, who, who can I actually find? I'm working on that myself to, uh, and, and expanding community to my inner circle of family. We've got Mom's Cake Day. Okay. It's being around them that causes you to disassociate to the level that you have act if, if this causes you to disassociate to the level you have accidents and such. It's not only a personal safety issue, it's a huge emotional drain. My opinion, people like that aren't worth it. Perhaps you can stay with friends while seeing your saner relatives. Hey, fantastic. And did you also say, you know, can we declare to mom, you know, I'm not, we're not going to talk about X, Y, or Z. I'm going to go ahead and clearly define a boundary, not to control you, but to protect my mental health. I'm not interested in... Um, I'm just going to tell you, if you tell me that I'm a bad daughter, I walk away. I am not going to stay with you. And if that's okay, if that's against you and, and you say, well, I'm not going to see you at all. That's your decision, but I'm not going to stay with you. And if mom says, well, fine, I'm not going to see you at all. Okay. That's saddening. And, uh, Merry Christmas. Or happy holidays, whatever. Sorry for the dogs in the background. Hang on one second. Guys. Guys. One moment. I have, if you're still with me, two Chihuahua mixes. 
Chihuahua mix, Oliver and Gypsy, and uh, they're just protecting the house. I don't know what I was saying, but I was sure I'm sure it's amazing. You know, what's a good boundary? I'll tell you for me, the boundaries that uh, the boundaries most broken are set by me. I say to my I remember saying to myself, it no longer helps me at all to ask my parents for advice. There's a part of me that wants to gush in, in certain areas and just, you know, vent and express everything. And the bottom line is, it is not safe. I have to protect myself. And then when I would feel some comfort, I would want to take it to that next level. And guess what? I'm, I end up hurt. It ends up, in my opinion, you know, being used against me or confidentiality is not kept. I do not get to be mad at my parents. I've set that boundary. I broke that boundary. I've got to keep my own boundaries. And also to consider the long game. It doesn't have to work perfectly right now. I am figuring this out, and it may take two, three, four, five, six years. It may take a while to find that, that right cocktail, that, that appropriate balance, that appropriate boundary. If boundaries are set and they are acknowledged, keep them. Maybe we can remove a few in time. And the, the, the reason, and again, the reason boundaries should be set are our mental health. We're working on our game. But again, though, if you're a thousand miles away and it sounds like you're going to college and you're a very young person, I got to consider the geographical cure. You know, if those, those, wherever I go, I'm still there. And my thoughts and my way of living is still with me. And so it's, it's very possible that those same emotions, those same angers may exist. So let's wrap up. Let's review. Review and gratitude, okay? Number one, ah, what, was the, what was, the very, was the very first thing I said? Is the balance. Watch out for the black and white thinking, the all or nothing thinking. If, if you're engaged in it, it's probably not going to be effective. Number two, we looked at holiday anxiety. She's trying to uh, separate herself from her toxic parents. She's got some support, our mom here, and she's working through it. And and on the whole, my general response is, I got to ask my, I got to, I got to check myself first, and then it's a very nuanced, long conversation to to find the the actual balance. In the end, I have to lose any sort of frustration or anger even with a boundary maybe I view them as sick people but I have to find some sort of empathy and compassion in time to best help my mental health check myself draw those boundaries and uh, and again um, this is the fastest growing mental health podcast in the nation. Nobody told me that by number, but I'm just going to declare it, right? The power of positive thinking. <laughs> okay, here we go. November ending, Thanksgiving winding down. Some of you still have some dinners tonight, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, this weekend. And then here we go into, uh, into what am I, Christmas or, uh, or uh, I don't know the other word for it. 
but I think that's it. Let's keep it going. This has been fun. You know, you can send me a message, support and anxiety help with Wes. You can rate the podcast if you go on iTunes and click check. We're going from 12 to 13 likes. That's the game I'm playing myself. I will eat a cookie for a like. I can promise you that. And uh, we'll end right there. Bye.